Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine. Welcome to the show. Thank you for being on. Oh, it's a pleasure to be invited. Yeah, I, I enjoyed your talk at Women in Language, and I said I have to, I have to interview her. I, I like what you have to say, and I thought that my my um, listeners from seventy different countries would love to hear what you have to say as well. Yeah, definitely. So, um, if you can, you can start and um, tell about your uh, background and like. Um, how you got started with languages? Mm -hmm. um, well, uh, I suppose um, I just realized that I really like languages when uh, I was in school. I come from England and um, I grew up in Bristol. Mm -hmm. and I really enjoyed my German classes. And uh, then I decided to study German at university. But I also did um, Hispanic studies with that as well. So I did German and Hispanic studies at university. And then I lived in uh, Valencia in Spain for one year. And I had the opportunity to take um, lessons in Catalan. So that was really, that was really great. And um, then when I was 24, I moved to Switzerland and I was able to get uh, language lessons in French and, uh, and Italian at a discounted price. That was really great. And uh, yeah, I also um, have a job where I use all of those languages, not Catalan, but French and Italian and English and German uh, at the old people's home as I'm a nurse's assistant. Mm -hmm. And uh, I also speak Esperanto with some friends as well. I'm at the beginning, but I really, really enjoy it because I think it's one of those languages that you can teach yourself and you can easily achieve a lot with the language. And it's great. Oh, yeah. I, I took a dab at it for like two days and was like, oh, this is so easy. Yeah, it's really refreshing, I think, compared to lots of other languages where there are so many irregularities and so many rules. And, um, yeah. Yeah, I know um, for me personally, my, my whole language learning journey, I it was weird because I didn't really start studying languages, like foreign languages, until I reached college. Right, okay. So, um, what did you study at college? Um, actually, I studied theater. Ah, I, have degree, I have a degree in theater. Oh, fantastic. And then I went and decided I'm going to go to LA and I studied film and I did a one year intensive program. And I eat, drink, slept, and breathe nothing but movies. Wow. Um, and for a whole year, I wouldn't advise anybody to do that unless they had no life. Um, because I. <laughs> I really did have no life. I only had four weeks off out of a 52 week. Gosh. You know, and it took me a year to regroup from the year that I had. So, but I enjoyed it. You know, I, I still keep in contact with a lot of people I have went to school with and some of them are in the industry and some of them went off and did other things. And um, I studied directing, producing and screenwriting. Ah, fantastic. And um, I really, for the longest time, wanted to speak other languages um, because I was a history buff and I like yep. politics and fashion and food and travel. And I mean, the furthest I've been out of the U.S. is Toronto, Canada. So oh. I used what little broken French I had to have someone help me open my hotel room door. And that's when they had changed over to the key cards. Versus yeah. the virtual keys. And this was like 20 years ago. And I, I knew basic. And I mean, it was basic French. And yeah. they understood what I said. And I was like, oh, well. But I studied Spanish, oh. actually, when I was in college. And I did very well. Um, I was good at oh. the grammar. And so they wanted me to go to Mexico. And they wanted me to go to Cuba. But 
that wasn't going to happen because A, I didn't have a passport, and B, no mucho dinero. <laughs> so, but I mean, I, I did have a professor that wanted me to go to this one um, college that she had became a tenured professor in Spanish um, to study Spanish. And I was like, I'm only doing this because I need a degree requirement. I mean, the languages I wanted to speak, they didn't have. So Spanish was it. Yeah. So I just, um, I did that and then moved to California and tried to speak and had nothing but negative reactions. So that kind of demotivated me from speaking. But I still kept it up because I liked the music. So I listen to Ricky Martin, Shakira, and Ricky Iglesias and Santana all the time because I like the music and the dance. You know, I take salsa lessons and you know, I, I just like the cultural aspect of it, more so than speaking. And yeah, I think um, uh, when you have negative experiences, you just have to kind of pick yourself back up again and just brush things off your shoulder. I, I think that I think those negative experiences happen to everyone, don't they? I, I've definitely had negative experiences as well, but I just don't I right. see it as yeah like a temporary hurdle and then <laughs> oh, there's always a way around it yeah I, I know for me personally um I lived with a Mexican family for like 10 months and oh, wow. I learned so much about their culture and how family oriented they were like if they invited you to, into their home and live into their house you're pretty much family after that and so yeah so I enjoyed every aspect of it well yeah i kind of felt bad because i didn't know what a tortilla warmer looked like yeah and so when you see this metal sheet with this long metal handle at the end and then it has the top and bottom part that's closed in but the the right and left hand side are open so instead of looking yeah. like a full cookie sheet it looks like a cookie sheet but the side there are no sides on either end and I didn't know this yeah. was a tortilla warmer. I thought it was a griddle. So yeah. I tried to make pancakes on it. <laughs> and yeah, it was it was funny. They were like, uh, no, this is a tortilla warmer. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, so I mean, I I I have to say I, I really enjoy like the food and the music and dancing and that's the part that I gravitate to when I when I hear Spanish. I'll yeah. go nuts, I'll sing Spanish songs, but I don't want to speak it all the time. I think because I live in the US and so it's forced on you constantly. It's not, yeah. it's not like a language where you have a choice. You know, it's thrown right in your face. But there's so many other languages and so many other people that live here. You know, I kind of want to embrace those languages more so than I do Spanish. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So I went for the Russian, the French, the Italian, the Dutch. And, oh, right. Yeah. Independently, of course. And like, and learning all of this at the moment, or what's your kind of strategy? Well, I took three years and learned Russian independently. Mm -hmm. 2015 and then recently I spent a year with French so I'm like up at like maybe uh, going into a B1 and speaking nice but, but as far as my comprehension is higher than B1 yes so I can sit there passively and listen to the news and tell you what's going on yeah so and then I can read like Les Miserables. Yes. Yeah. When I interviewed um, Alexi Polidoro of Learning French with Alexa YouTube channel, like back in October, she was like, that is so hard. That book is so hard. And I'm like, not for me, it wasn't. It was one of my favorite books of all time. And I read it in English. Like I read it in English and then I saw every movie there was. Um, I, I loved it that much along with Great Expectations. But, uh, yeah, I was, I'm really big on, like, French literature, French cinema, in particular. My favorite French movie is Breathless. 
Oh, fantastic. Yeah, so um, since I studied movies in, in, in college, I'm one of those people where I like to, um, you know, have, um, when I'm studying a language, I, I, I like to know what's going on in the movie or the TV show, you know, um, and I love fashion too, so I like to read the magazines like French Vogue, Italian Vogue, stuff like that. Just normal things I would do in my English life as an English speaker, I want to be able to do those same things in the languages that I have. Yeah. And, and so I, I pretty much gave myself uh, a level that I want to get to in all of my languages, probably like B1, just because I know I won't forget a lot of it once you get to that point. I mean, even if you get to an A2, you still won't forget what yeah. you But it's just the point that, like, I want to be able to, like, really have a, a conversation about the things that I enjoy more so than, okay, I want to teach in this language. Yes. Yeah. You know, you know I mean, I'm not going to ever be like a native speaker of a language because I don't live in that country. Even if I went to that country, I could be there forever and still not be at the same level as a native speaker would be. Because they grew up there, they there's certain idioms and certain experiences that they have culturally that I would I wouldn't be able to achieve because I wasn't born there. Like there's just certain certain things as an American that or Brit or Aussie that you experience in your own country that you wouldn't be able to really experience somewhere else. Yes. Yeah. And I think a lot of people tend to think that, oh, well, I need to be fluent in three months. Well, <laughs> not necessarily. Not yeah. Necessarily. I mean, I think it depends on what your goal is. Yeah. Um, in, re I mean, in regards to what you want to do with that language. And so yeah. now that I use text-to-speech, I use voiceover, and I use um, Apple products. So I have an Apple TV on my TV and I'm able to stream all the movies off of Netflix and, and be able to watch the movie and have the subtitles read to me out loud in that language if it's supported, that particular language. So like I sat there and I watched Bad Boys 2 because I have it on my own, library, my own movie library and I just went to subtitles and I've, I'm learning Thai. So I just put Thai subtitles on. Oh, subtitles read to me in Thai so I can get the vocabulary in Thai because I already knew the movie because you know it's English so I've watched the movie I don't know how many times so I just did it for that experience you know or if it is in another another language that I know or something then I'll put it in certain subtitles or like if it's in English I'll put it in French subtitles if I want to get some French in or whatever subtitles I'm, I'm you know that's supported for that particular movie or whatever like I did that for um a couple of um movies that I was watching in Cantonese and Thai my Cantonese is it's like going on A2 but I didn't know about you know my vocabulary is not that strong so I did it in English and I watched the whole movie and I got the gist of the movie and then I went and I turned them off and I just started listening to it in Cantonese, so I can get yeah. the because when voiceover speaking on the TV, it overpowers the words that are being said by the actors on the screen. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I do it that way, especially if it's something that I've never watched before. If I get the main thing and I can tell you in English what this said, then I can go back and watch it again because I'm not going to forget it, and I can watch it in that language. Yeah. You know, so that's pretty much, I pretty much use the immersion method with some Michelle Thomas and some Memorize and a little bit of innovative language um, and Mango app for the most part with some TuneIn radio and SBS radio in the mix in YouTube. Oh, so, fantastic. So that's what I use in order to be able to... Um, successfully um, learn my language and I, I, I do speak I do a lot of speaking even if it's to myself 
I yeah. Just, I just wrote a blog on my on my page today about language exchanges and how to successfully deal with people who don't want to speak their target language with you because they don't think that your skills are up to snuff with you know them, but they want yes. to learn English. So I, I I tell a few stories and then I. It's almost about 10,000 words. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I When I write, I like to write a lot. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I, I wrote that today and I said I'll do two blog posts a, bit a week and, and, um, I got my first criticism like yesterday. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I, I turned it into a positive, actually. I, I said, well, you know, thank you for your response. I appreciate it. It's a work in progress. I'm still learning about blogging. But thank you for your comment. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Because I, I guess I look at it like this. Okay, I did ask you to give me feedback. You yeah. Know, you're not going to always get the positive feedback that you're looking for. Not necessarily. So I guess I look at it in that regard. Um, I try to um, take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. I'm at at least learning to do that now um, in regards to people in the language learning community. Because you have Caddy Nadoi and I were talking about this yesterday how people was it her? No, it was Caroline Caspers. We were talking about hypocrisy in language learning. Ah, yes. And nobody has talked about that yet, except her. And she's actually going to write a blog about it. About, you know, when you're learning languages, you know, you have, you're learning about other people and their culture. So don't assume that when you, when you're learning someone else's language, you're going to have to get your own prejudices out the way and your own misconceptions out the way because it's supposed to be about you learning about these people and their culture, regardless of what you grew up with. Because what you grew up with is totally different than what someone else grew up with. If you were to go to another country, you might want to make sure that you understand the rules and how they live in regards to how you interact with people because not everybody interacts with each other in the same way you know is formal and informal and and like for instance if you go to Russia you have to register with the police when you arrive yeah. you know because yeah. because of you know the terrorism thing and, I, and that, you know and people just think I want to speak a language well that's great Okay, so what do you plan on doing with that? What do you plan, do you plan on going to the country? Um, Okay, what country? What language? You might want to know the laws. You might want to know this isn't because you don't want to get yourself in a situation where you don't know what the rights are. Mm -hmm. Even if you're going as a tourist, you need to know you better know a whole bunch of stuff before you get there because it's it's going to be a culture shock anyway but yeah but it's good to, I, know, I think to have some tips before you go or like what to kind of look out for and you know to know what normal behavior is um because i i found that um very interesting when um i worked in germany and and sometimes working in Switzerland as well with other colleagues, um, the way they would say things, I I always assumed like they were like insulting me, but it's kind of just the the way that they phrase things completely different to how a British English person would. Right. And so I really had to adjust when I came here because. Um, yeah, I I realized uh, it's very strange. Like sometimes um, when people talk about something, I I didn't realize if they meant it's 
a serious mistake or not because in English I, I have no idea why but I can kind of, I have a better sense for um, what somebody means if they mean like uh, there was a, a, a major mistake made or a minor mistake right it's a lot easier to judge than in German so this was uh, an obstacle for me I think yeah when I first started here you know it's it's kind of funny because I I did a year of where I taught um English as a second language as a volunteer in a nonprofit organization here and I we had like 13 adults ranging from 18 to 65 from all over you know Latin America Mexico Puerto Rico Iran um Afghanistan, Pakistan, Eastern Europe, Asia in particular, Japan, Vietnam, Korea, uh, and a lot from mainland China. And so this one guy was in here and I had said something. I don't remember what I had said, but it wasn't offensive. And this person just jumped down my throat and everyone in class was like, well, why are you jumping down her throat for? It was like, she didn't mean it like that. I I think what it was was that I had said something and he was like, well, I'm trying the best I can. And I said, oh, no, I wasn't referring to you. Oh. And I mean, you have to like, sometimes you got to think about how you phrase things because somebody will misinterpret what you're saying. Like yeah. we actually had a student that they hadn't been in the country a year. They were married. They were Asian and older, and they were married to a Caucasian male here. And they said something about people from the Middle East that was racist. Yeah. And we all looked at her collectively and said that was not that was not appropriate. Number one and number two. That isn't true. So whatever information she was getting from her husband, it was inaccurate. Yeah. And we were so happy that the people from the Middle East were not in the room. Oh, otherwise that would have been really embarrassing. Right. And what she didn't know that what she had said was offensive. And we all looked like, that's not true. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, that's another thing that I see a lot of even on Facebook like you will get people who are very I know I can be blunt and I've been I put stuff up on Facebook because I'm very much an advocate of all people I don't like it when people are tearing other people down because of economic reasons or disability or sexual orientation or whatever it is I think it's terrible. Um, yeah. And so I've seen that where people would just shred people because they, like, they would put something up on Facebook, you would comment on it, and then you would get ripped to shreds because your opinion didn't line up with theirs. Or, or like, I, um, Stu J. Raj had put something up on Facebook like last week. And for some people who are African American or part of the African diasporas worldwide, we would find this to be offensive. Even though he didn't apply it that way. It's, yeah. It still was offensive. You know, and a lot of people said, you might want to think about that. Because this is why. You know, black people, and it don't matter if you're from the U.S., the U.K., slavery was everywhere. And 10 million people were pretty much kidnapped and shipped off on boats and sold as property and killed and raped and everything else. And and nobody, there's just a certain level of sensitivity, even though I understand you were implying that. But 
sometimes you got to be careful because someone could mm-hmm. read that and, and just flip. So he thanked me for letting him know. And, and there was other people to let him know, you know, nice, yeah. nicely. Because he didn't need- I think, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think from his reaction, like you can tell that he didn't mean it in that way and that it was just generally, you know, he, he gave reasons as why. Right. So as why the reason why you identify the woman that way. But um yeah, it's just um tells you just kind of like a lot about the world you live in I think if you know it it really it's really interesting how much you know race can matter and and how people's roots and where they come from right yeah how how that kind kind of like influences our interpretation of comments right yeah and I I I said, just be careful. You don't want to, I mean, because he's a public figure, and I, yeah. I guess I look at it in that regard. You know, when if, once you start having a podcast, people know who you are, whether you mm-hmm. want to be a public figure or not, you are. Yeah, and so, you know, as someone that comes from a family where we're very multi-ethnic, so we have a lot of different ethnicities in our family. And being from the U.S. and dealing with, you know, discrimination on so many fronts. I mean, it's getting worse. Yeah. It's getting worse. Really? Yeah. Um, you know, and you would think, because someone actually said this to me recently that, you know, asked me, well, why are you learning all these languages? And I said, because yeah. I want to be able to bridge the communication divide between people from around the world, and not everyone speaks English very yeah. well. And I said, I want to learn about these people and their culture and how they live and how they think, because at the end of the day, we all got to live under the same global umbrella. Yeah. And we, I would rather be united than divided. I mean, God knows there's too much of that going on right now. And and I said, you know, I'm happy to be a part of the language learning community um, and, and be accepted by a lot of people. You know, I mean, I know it's kind of hard sometimes for people to come into the understanding that I'm, you know, I have limited vision. Um, yeah. My technology doesn't always work 100% of the time. You know, I mean, people are understanding, with, but you do have some people that are just not understanding yeah. and rude and you know i i've had to say a few things because some of it was not appropriate and i had to block people um but overall i've gotten nothing but good um you know support which I, i'm com- yeah. I'm completely happy about but i also look at it as you know when you're competing in a environment where you want to share your own vision of how to learn languages but not use visual techniques to do it you know it's 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 going to be an ongoing thing because of course i don't have sponsorship yet you know like some people do and yeah i you know i'm i'm getting my feet wet so i know it's going to take me time and i know i i have that you know along with support from, you know, people in the, in the community and so forth and so on. And I'm very grateful for that for the, for the most part. I mean, I create my podcast, you know, to help people understand, yes, I might have a visual impairment, but, you know, I still am able to learn languages and I'm still able to share my, my level of expertise in my own way. I mean, I have like, probably 160 people in 70 countries listening to me. Oh, that's great. So, you know, I was like, oh, that's, that's totally cool. Um, yeah. And I just created my blog last week and I plan on creating a meetup group eventually for here in Akron. And I mean, cause there's so many languages spoken in this place. It's unreal. So, yeah. imagine. So I, I just, you know, uh, 
someone asked, was I going to any other conferences? And I said, well, here in the States, you know, it costs a little over $200 to get your passport. And yeah. so, it, you know, I got to save up for that. And then I said, I have to put money back for like a plane ticket and hotel room and just a slew of other things, you know. Um, I have my guide dog, you know, there, there are certain procedures I have to go in regards to, you know, bringing him out of the country and so forth and so on. So, you know, like I tell people all the time, um, you know, when you're living, um, on a small income every month, you're not going to be able to just go out of the country and go to every single event. You know, so I was lucky to pay the thirty dollars to do women in language, which I oh, it was great, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I enjoyed every moment of that. That was a lot of fun. Of course, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't realize I was going to do a lightning round talk either. So something just told me yeah. to just, you know, write something. So I did, and you know, I just let it go after that. Half the time when I enter something or do something, I don't think about it. I just keep going, whatever it is I'm doing. And then, you know, I got an email saying I got chosen. I was like, oh, wow. Great. So, yeah. I mean, but Kirsten and Shannon and Lindsay have been very helpful, um, you know, answering questions for me and whatnot and other things. Um which I'm very grateful for. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I mean, there was a lot of people I didn't even know about. Oh, hold, hold on. Who is it? Who is it? Sorry about that. That was my dog's dog food. Oh, no problem. Yeah, so I get his dog food delivered. Ah. So I ordered it yesterday morning at like 5.30 in the morning. It came today. <laughs> so. Yeah, he'll probably go over to the box and start smelling it. <laughs> yeah, I have a... If you've seen him on Facebook, yes, Bono. He looks very sweet. Oh, he is. If you ever met him in person, I would have to take his harness off because he can't be petted with his harness on. But, um, yeah, he loves people. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, he's my first guide dog ever, so. It'll be five years in July. Oh, great. And have you met um any other people or come into contact with people who have visual impairments and learn languages as well? I have, but a lot of them of course every one of them are like it's a it's a hobby. It's you know Yeah. You know, and so therefore some of them don't feel comfortable coming on and talking. Um okay. which is understandable, but I don't I know of a few people, but not not as many. Yeah. And some of them are a lot in, very introverted. But, I mean, I do have support um, from certain people and people I graduated high school with, you know, and, and college and whatnot. And, you know, everybody's like, wow, you're still doing it. I'm like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I, that's I'm, I'm doing it. Uh, I mean, I, I'm still, a, you know, I have to pinch myself. Um, today is the one-year anniversary of me starting my podcast. Yeah. So I'm I'm still pinching myself that my show is a year old. And this is like episode 85. Yeah. So I'm like 15 episodes away from 100. Oh, wow. And, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very you know, excited to see what the future holds, um, for, for my podcast and like, um, 
I, the first podcaster I think I listened to was Chris Berholm at Natural Fluency and then Ollie Richards. Um, ah, cool. And then, like, I think it was like a year and a half, almost two years later, I started listening to Kirsten and Lindsay. I found them just anonymously. Oh, yeah. So, but yeah, they, I it's kind of funny. They're like really cool people to to chat with. Yeah. So, and I, I, it was like one of those things where you, if you met them in person, they would probably be the same exact way. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, cause I, I, I don't know if you've been to any of the conferences or not. Uh, yeah. Um, I've been, um, I went to the polyglot gathering and conference. Um, yeah. And it's just fantastic to get into conversation with so many interesting people and I I really love it and the talks are amazing as well like I always um come back feeling so recharged and full of energy just because you're in an atmosphere where people love language learning and that can be really hard to find in daily life you know usually people was like what's the point um and they yeah, it's just so difficult to express your passion when usually, like, people for some reason have quite a negative reaction. Um, even in a country like Switzerland, which is multilingual and lots of people speak languages and are interested, you still meet people who say, well, what's the point and things? Um, and even more so in my home country, so... Yeah, it's it's really, really nice to be in an environment where you're around people who feel the same way about languages. Yeah, I'm, the only problem is, is that when you're trying to find resources or you're trying to find books, depending on what the language is, it can be quite difficult. And I actually talked about that on my show what it's like to, to not be able to find resources that are accessible. And um, like right now I'm trying to find the Godfather in Italian. Ah, okay. Yeah. And so um, I read it in English, but I'm trying to find it in Italian and can't find it in Italian. Ah. Even if it's mm-hmm. an ebook, I, which I rather prefer, um, I still have to figure out how to find it in Italian. I might have to actually like email like Luca Lampriello or something like, hey, you know where I can find Godfather in Italian? Ebook. Yeah, that's a good way. Yeah. I'm supposed to interview him um, at the end of June, actually. I, um, I'm i going to redo my interview with Andy Roberts because it was, it was not a good interview in regards to the technical side of it. Oops. Uh, it okay. kept cutting out like seven times. It was just terrible. Oh, no. So I, I, I wound up losing the entire dang on thing. And so then we were like, let's just redo it. And so uh, we're going to after he finishes the at one challenge for German. Because that's what he's doing right now. Yeah. And uh, I have not done that yet. I followed it since the beginning, but I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to spend all that kind of money. Yeah. I would yeah. rather work my way up to speak to 15 minutes than to sit there and pay almost $200. I would, you know. Yeah. I mean, I... Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you just have to find what's best for you. It's not everybody's uh, cup of tea. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I actually like the, the one that Jonathan, um, 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 I forgot his last name. He, what he did was he created a 30-day language learning challenge where you you, is free yeah and you can you can study a language in 30 days yeah and i thought that was cool yeah um 
But um, yeah, I I do try to let people know what's coming up and um in regards to language learning community and I, I mean I even have my particular people I like to follow more so than others. Yeah. I, I don't know if you've had this happen where you followed everybody and then after a while while you start getting into the groove of of what what your style is, you kind of like taper off one person and then go to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, it's not them personally. It's just that you might have gotten what you could out of what they had to offer. And then you found something that was a little bit suited for your, your learning type. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've had that. Like, I started out listening to, like, Benny Lewis. And then his stuff started to get really, really, really visual. And I, yeah. I, I couldn't do it anymore. Well, I mean, I got his the Fluent in Three Months book audio and I listened to the whole thing. And I, I got, you know, that gave me the momentum to, to speak, to start speaking again. So I, I used it for that yeah. purpose. But then after a while, it was like the direction he was going, I couldn't it was just too visual. Yeah. And I needed mm-hmm. something that was more audio, more, um, less visual, I would yeah. say. And so I started following more what Ollie was doing because it was more story based. Ah, yeah. So, and I like to read a lot anyway. So, I mean, the ebook with the tech and with the audio was the right fit for me. Yeah. You know, as opposed to, I'm not good with emojis and just, yeah, it would, I don't know. It almost looked like a video game. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, with ben, with some of Benny's newer stuff, and so I mean, I used to play video games, but my vision was better. Yeah, but, but I was just like, uh, no, this isn't for me anymore. So mm-hmm. I stopped following what he was doing and went more towards what Ollie was doing, and I, I enjoy what Luca does. Um, you know, so I kind of went that route more so than the other way and yeah. uh, and then i started finding well now that i can i know certain braille codes i tactile wise i'm you know i'm still literate even though i can't read print anymore uh, once i learned the braille code for a particular language depending if i even want to learn it for a particular language or not depending on the language um you know, I, I mean, I can read Dutch Braille, Italian, French, Spanish, and Russian, and Unified English Braille. So, oh, that's great. But, I mean, because 90% of it's the alphabet, you know. And once you learn the alphabet, you learn the grammar and all that. It's not very difficult to be able to read in a tactile format what, you know. Like, I learned the alphabet and all that when I learned Spanish, but I never learned the Braille code. I didn't really need to you know so when I when I when I took a braille book and I started reading it I already knew what it was yeah because my my I had did a lot of comprehensible input so that's kind of that's kind of what I use I I like Stephen Krashen's um comprehensible input method along with Michelle Thomas and you know I'm able to visualize the grammar using space repetition and in my head so like if I'm learning Thai for instance and you have to do my Thai and then you say Ben Kong Thai I'm not from Thai land or you know I'm I'm not you know I'm not from Thailand my Thai may ta prate Thai you know may uh, ta America I'm from America yeah so so but I, when I, when I do that, I, I remember the word, even though I've never knew the alphabet. 
Yeah. Yeah. And and then I just switch stuff around. So like if it if it says, you know, how do I get to the train station? I mean, how do I get from the train station to the airport in approximately 50 minutes? Well, the approximately 50 minutes in Cantonese is Bai Kwai Unho Banjao. So that's that at the end of the sentence. And then the airport's in the middle. And then you have the rest of it at the beginning. Yeah. So when you do all that, I mean, I just switch certain stuff around in my brain. And that's how I was able to remember using space repetition, how this is supposed to be said. And so everybody's like, how the hell do you do that? I'm like, well, it's not, it's a lot of listening. Yes. Yeah. A a lot of concentration. So, and someone asked me, when do I like to study? And I was like, sometimes late at night and a lot of times early in the morning before people wake up because I live in an apartment building. So I, I have to have silence in order to be able to really focus on what it is I'm trying to do, because if people are banging music, you can't, you can't concentrate. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, that's, that's something that I do for my own method. I mean, I can go hours if I'm really invested. Like if I open up a box or something and, oh, wow, this is great. Okay. Let's do this. I'll go through the whole thing, the whole eight hours of like the total Italian just to, to know what it's like. And then I'll go back. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll just do it CD by CD. And then yeah. re-get what I need to get. And then I'll, I'll supplement it with some Memorize. And I listen to like podcast Italiano. And I was actually happy because I had a breakthrough last week. I um, was listening to Ollie Richards um, speak Italian on one of his videos on YouTube. And I actually, it all clicked. Like I was able to understand everything he had said in that video. Oh, wow. So, I mean, yeah. So that that meant something to me. That knew I was, whatever I was doing was working. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean, for me, that's pretty much my method. Yeah. I was. I was telling Shahida, I said, I want to try to raise money this summer to see if I can get people to sponsor me so I can, I can get my business off the ground. Oh, cool. Cause I want to be able to put some of this in the practice and, and develop something based off of my own method. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, cause I use space repetition anyway. I mean, I, I use a lot of free courses or if I buy something, you know, it just depends. Like I, I have Michelle Thomas in like six languages and then everything else I use is free. Yeah. You know, the library is my friend. <laughs> so it's yeah. Netflix and YouTube and, you know, and I did tell Ollie I would buy one of his courses. I, I'm debating on which one. I'm, I'm probably going to either go with Arabic or Japanese. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, I might do Japanese just because um, I kind of want to, I mean, my whole motivation for Japanese is I want to watch like Star Trek in Japanese and like Voltron and Thundercats Yeah, and watch like Japanese horror movies and stuff like the ring and the grudge and the original Japanese. And, oh yeah. That's yeah. great. I think, um, films, um, they're such a good way to kind of, um, get further in language learning and it's a fun way as well I watched um, a film um, Telma I watched mm-hmm. it in um, Norwegian and I was able to understand it even though um, I learned Swedish so that was really really great being able to understand a film with subtitles um, and uh, I, I understand I understood so much so it's really nice actually to work with authentic material yeah uh, and actually i'm going to be interviewing on um, stephen Krashen at the end of june mm-hmm. and so i have my homework cut he gave me something he gave me two things to read because i told him i knew nothing about language acquisition and language theory yeah <laughs> which i i don't i mean I, i'm being honest <laughs> so yeah 
he gave me stuff to read, so I'm going to be reading it next month um, oh. while I'm on vacation because um, I'm taking a break for like three weeks um, just because I've been podcasting since like July of last year. Whoa. So I need a break. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. So, but um, I'm just curious though, like what, what is your, your particular method? Like, I mean, was it just class-based? I mean, did you do, like, you know, a Pimsleur or Osimo or Teach Yourself? Or was it just exposure? Um, often, um, I just buy course books and then work through the course book by myself. I quite like traditional methods, but um, I, I'm a real, I'm a big fan of journaling as well. Because I... I kind of see it's quite like a fun game. I use Memorize. And um, also, um, I combine it as well with getting an exchange partner. Oh. And um, I find italki really good as well, like just to be able to pay kind of $10 for the odd lesson mm-hmm. now and then all the time. Right. And, and it's good as well because with the italki teacher, you can focus exactly on the things that, you want to improve on or that you know um, learn vocabulary that you need to know for your kind of situation so right um, that's really great how you can have uh, specialized italki lessons so I do a bit of everything um, and then maintaining languages like events like the polyglot gathering or like in chat forums on Facebook or WhatsApp or Facebook groups or um, meeting with people in real life I, that's also another way to keep up the skills I, I'm really lucky because working in an old people's home um, a lot of the patients they can speak different languages so I speak different languages with them and I also have kind of friends in Switzerland where we just speak that language together so um, I have one friend uh, called Andre Muller on and every time we see each other, we speak in uh, Esperanto. So it's really cool. Like That's when I awesome. when I see his face, I just it's like I feel like I have to speak that language. So That's awesome. Like I I was just telling Caddy the other yesterday, I said I have no fear when I speak with people. I get excited when I want to speak. I don't care what it is. Um mm-hmm. even if it's broken Cantonese. Um, I'm willing to speak it, you know, like I went up to someone and they said that they were Russian teachers an example. And I just started speaking Russian. Oh, and they, cool. they, but this is how offended I felt. Like, I was like, wait a minute, you're a Russian teacher, teach Russian, but you don't want to speak it. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. That's strange. Why, why not? Did they give a reason? Because the people around us didn't speak Russian and it wasn't polite. Oh, that's really annoying. I think um, it's good to use like strategies as well, like, um, you know, for avoiding English. So I like, I've looked for tips from like a lot of people who are prominent in the polyglot community and they give really good tips for, you know, kind of tackling that sort of response Um, yeah yeah i i I kept speaking in russian and then i said okay we can speak in english now but i think that she was a little skeptical to speak it Mm -hmm. because of the people that were around and i trust me there was no russians around but even if they were you know that's just like when spanish-speaking people here in the u.s they speak their language on the bus and then people who don't speak spanish they assume just because they're they have no concept of Spanish mm-hmm. that they're being talked about when in fact they're probably having a conversation about whatever they're having a conversation about and it has nothing to do with anybody on the bus. Yeah. And there's a lot of that going on. You need to speak English, you're an American. You're in America. Uh, excuse me. The last time I checked, the US is made up of everybody. Yeah from every country so who are you to tell someone they can't speak another language i mean i tell this to my listeners all the time don't feel ashamed to speak english or don't feel ashamed to speak whatever language you're learning because 
you're not going to improve if you don't speak. Yeah. You know, there is no yeah. time like the present to speak. So, I mean, that's just, that's just something that I try to encourage everybody to do. Even if you do make mistakes and I, I see a lot of ESL learners, I don't want, well, you have no choice. You're not going to learn anything through a grammar book. It ain't happening. <laughs> you you got to be able to speak. Yeah. Even if it's hello, I'm sorry, I don't speak this very well. Yeah. Something. You know, um, I almost learned Dari in order to communicate with somebody um, because they were, their English was zero. And they yeah. were from Afghanistan and they were totally blind. And yeah. over there, they don't, they don't educate their blind. Oh, yeah. So it was like, I couldn't work with him even if I wanted to because he didn't have a real grasp of the language at all. Yeah. And Braille, learning Braille, you got to know, you got to know how to read and write English. Yeah. Or you got to be able to at least understand what is being said to you. Yeah, definitely. And if you can't, then yeah, it's going to be up here battle, right? So, I mean, I, I wasn't able to work with him until he became fluent. And his wife had just had a baby. Yeah. So, I mean, I learned basic phrases in two days just to try to communicate. They had an interpreter in yeah. the room. But I did, I did say, he, if, he doesn't, if he doesn't know how to say, hello, my name is, nice to meet you, thank you, goodbye, good afternoon, we can't do anything. Yeah. So, and he didn't know that, which was unfortunate. Yeah. Because he had been studying for like three months. Oh, gosh. So, yeah, and they really didn't know what to do because... They didn't speak Dari. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it just... Shannon Candy was like, well, that's amazing. You planned on learning Dari just so you could communicate with him? I was like, yeah, because he needs to learn Braille, English. He needs to know yeah. how to read and write. You know, so, yeah. and it. That's another reason why I wanted to learn languages is because I wanted to work with people in the immigrant community and you know, some of them don't know. And if any of you know A2, it's better than nothing. You know, so. But do you have any, any advice in these closing minutes for the listeners out there? Yeah, I think um, my advice would just be to keep putting on and, you know, even when you have setbacks and hurdles, just to kind of see it as, um, yeah, like, it's only something that's temporary and uh, you can get back on track. And um, I think sometimes it's also good to just um, to take a bit of distance. Das habe ich nicht richtig verstanden. Der Sonntag tut sehr goodbye. 2012 Version, richtig? So, uh, for example. Du wolltest den Sonntag tut sehr goodbye. 2012 Version, hören. <laughs> okay. Ah. Ah, sorry. Um <laughs> Alexa. <laughs> yeah, so the um yeah, my advice would be just to take a little distance from the language because I think when you are kind of up close to a mountain, a mountain can seem so big, but when you like um, you see mountain in the distance then you can kind of see the path to the top mm -hmm. and um, yeah you can get a better overview of something sometimes when you um, have a little distance so I think sometimes it is good to have a break or meet up with somebody and kind of go through what you've learned and then that will give you kind of the buzz and the energy to kind of get back at language learning again. So that would be my, my main advice. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the show. I really appreciate that. Um, yeah. And to everybody out there, thank you for listening. 
please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Google Play Store, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere where you can find Chanel's Language Learning Journey podcast, especially on Anchor.fm. If you want to read my blog, it's Chanel's Language Journey at WordPress.com. Um, if you want to contact me, um, you can do it on Anchor. Or you can go to Chanel Patrice Hancock at Facebook.com and uh, send me an instant message and with your question. And I'll um, be able to answer it. Um, please subscribe to the podcast and give me a rating and review because that actually helps people find me. Um, and that'll push me way up because I'm trying to get up to like the top 20 <laughs> at some point. <laughs> so... Um, thank you to Spotify who has been sponsoring this podcast since December. I really appreciate you guys. And to everybody out there, remember language learning is a journey, not a race. Enjoy the process and the love of learning languages. Take it one step at a time. Bye, everybody. Bye.